During this episode, we spend time with Jason Bornhorst, the co-founder and CEO of First Dollar, a groundbreaking company revolutionizing the healthcare benefits industry. While together, Jason shares his passion for making healthcare work seamlessly and the determination he and his team has to simplify consumer-focused healthcare payments using innovative technology. Additionally, Jason outlines the importance of identifying and understanding the pain points entrepreneurs should aim to solve, which led to Jason sharing the inspiring backstory of First Dollar's founding team and their unwavering determination to fundamentally transform the way benefits are bought and sold, creating a better solution for individuals in need of a health wallet. Join us as we explore how Jason and the First Dollar team are building healthcare's benefits infrastructure. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Jason. A big welcome to our podcast today. Hey, what's up, Mike? Wonderful to be here. I'm looking forward to learning more about your passion to help make healthcare work like it should, your multiple startup exits, and your current work at First Dollar. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, Please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Jason, it's almost time for our community to learn how you and the First Dollar team are building healthcare's benefits infrastructure. But first, what's that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? Yeah, definitely. I thought about this question. I think I would really dive into advice for an entrepreneur before you do anything, really fall in love with the pain that you intend to solve. You know, my experience doing a couple startups now and knowing a lot of entrepreneurs is we can build anything. That's the easy part. Software is getting pretty cheap. A couple engineers and a few platforms, you can build just about anything. I think the hard part, especially in healthcare, is seizing on a pain that is worth solving. And so my advice for any entrepreneur is before you do anything, fall in love with that pain. I mean, understand everything you can about it, the people who experience it, and ideally experience that you're paying yourself personally before you then start to craft the solutions that you're going to go about to fix it. You know, one thing I think I've taken away is, especially in enterprise healthcare, change is difficult. It can take every bit of 18 months to sell a contract and then another 12 or 18 months to implement it. People who make those buying decisions, they are only going to go through with all of that rigmarole if their current state is so unbearable, so untenable, that they simply must switch. And furthermore, they're only gonna hire a startup to do that thing for them if that current state is that bad. Remember, it's not just you, you're competing with loads and loads of solutions that are more situated for you. So in short, love that freaking pain, it's gonna be the North Star for everything that you do in the years to come. Oh my gosh, Jason, I absolutely love this. You know, just like yourself, I'm very fortunate that I get to mentor and advise a lot of, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs in the healthcare industry. I've taken a lot of body blows in my years in this industry, just like you have, I know, because you've said some very profound things, right? Fall in love with that pain. 
What also we have to remember too, you said there's a lot of competitors out there. I think one of our biggest competitors is status quo, right? You mentioned 100%. it takes so much to change in healthcare and there's so much at risk for the institution of the healthcare itself to take a risk and not, you know, it might be riskier to take that risk and to not do it at all. And so, you know, making sure that you have something that absolutely solves a pain and does it as elegantly and as efficiently as possible, because you know, as well as I do, these healthcare industry players, you know, health payers or providers or otherwise, I mean, it's already a tough environment out there. We can't make it tougher by introducing one more click or one more app or one more solution. You know, what I've been hearing from some of my mentors, Jason, is how do we put the technology in the background too, right? How do we make it painless mm -hmm. or almost frictionless, right? So I think you're absolutely spot mm -hmm. on. And I wish more entrepreneurs would be thinking like this instead of just building and then hoping they will come fall in love with that pain. Jason, maybe one or two quick hits on how did you do that as an entrepreneur? Did you go and work side by side with the end user? Give me one or two hits on how you live and fell in love with the pain. Yeah. So I think one, I've learned it through experience, like years and years of building shit that nobody wants to buy. And that's a pretty fast way to jam it into your head that, hey, something's not right here. Turns out just because the software's that's not actually going to make a business. We got to go back to square one here. You know, I think a concrete recommendation I would have for aspiring entrepreneurs is to go read a book called Gap Selling. So it's a sales training manual, and it's teaching a specific philosophy around pain identification. And it's really, I think, a how-to guide on how to go out there and find that pain. So that's, I think, technique number one. So definitely start there. Technique number two is, you know, especially if in your very early days, a couple people in a room thinking of an idea, why don't you go out there and see if you can sell a couple customers before you build anything? I think once we start laying software down, it's so easy to fall in love with the solution or the features or the software. And you often see this when you go to like an early stage startup website and pull it up, they just talk about themselves. They're just talking about the things that they built, the features they have, X, Y, or Z. And I get it. They're very close to it. That's their day to day. Who they're not talking about is the person they're selling to that person's life, that person's pain. And a way of forcing yourself to get into those shoes is literally don't build anything. Go out there and find people who have such a huge pain, they will actually sign a contract with you before you've even delivered anything because that's how strong their need for a future state is. So those two things, read gap selling, try to sell some stuff you haven't yet done. I think that will be enlightening for people who are just starting out. Two great pro tips from Jason. Thank you for that, Jason. Incredible advice and direction of how to go and fall in love with that pain. And speaking of, after the commercial break, we're going to be talking about how you have fallen in love with the pain, why you launched, you and the team launched First Dollar, how it came to be, the aha moments and more. We're going to talk about all that and more after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, everyone at Catalyst works side-by-side -side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, CirrusMD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation, Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus or host an upcoming event, 
Visit CatalystHealthTech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Jason Bornhorst, co-founder and CEO of First Dollar. Jason, you absolutely teed us up at the front end. Fall in love with the pain. It's tough. It's healthcare. There's so many problems. But sometimes it feels like it's intractable to move this industry forward. But if we just keep throwing solution after solution after this industry, but not finding the true pain points and solving for that, are we really going to get anywhere? So let's talk about that. You know, you've done this number of times. You're a serial entrepreneur. You've had some exits some great success, but you talked about on the front end, finding and falling in love with that pain. Jason, let's talk about the launch, the aha, the whys of First Dollar. What was the pain that you and your team saw in the marketplace? How'd you go about solving it? And of course, we'll talk about, hey, how are things going today? Where are things going tomorrow? Not just for First Dollar, but for the industry writ large. Of course, we always love to you know, open up the uh, airwaves and lend a hand to our guests with our amazing community rally around this podcast. Before we get all into that, Jason, Give us the backstory. How'd it come to be? How'd you fall in love with the pain? Give us a little bit of that backdrop. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, I have had the fortune of now building and selling a couple of businesses. I spent the last 15 years in healthcare. I think I'm just finally now becoming conversant enough in how the whole space works to actually make a dent. And so to tell the story of First Dollar, I think it's useful to kind of go back one prior step and talk about our previous venture. So that was a company called Patient.io. It was a care management platform, ran that over a couple of years, and ultimately that business was acquired by Athena Health. Now, Athena Health does medical charting and billing for about 15% plus or minus of the country. And post-acquisition, my co-founder and I spent a couple of years at Athena running both their Austin office, but a number of their product lines, and was a very formative experience for me as an entrepreneur. As I like to say, I kind of got a front row seat to the healthcare payment landscape. Given that Athena's processing claims as well as doing the clinical information behind the claim, they kind of have their hands in just about every facet of the revenue cycle, both for huge enterprises as well as small kind of mom and pop shops. And they also do patient responsibility collection, so patient payments and things. And so it was really a masterclass for an entrepreneur and just kind of how the dollars move around the healthcare system. My biggest takeaway from that is behind the scenes, it's quite a bit of sausage making. I mean, within Athena, I think probably half of their employee base is actually human labor taking paper claims, typing it into computers to ship over to the health plan, doing approximately the same thing, printing that claim back out, typing it into a computer and going back and forth, back and forth for 90 days until ultimately that claim is negotiated and paid. And it's a similar set of sausage making on the patient responsibility side. I don't know about you, Mike, but even today in 2023, I have yet to actually get a EOB kind of payments link from a provider that's easy to use. Uh, in fact, I, my personal hypothesis is something like 20% of bills that remain unpaid are simply because it's just hard for the person to log in and pay the damn thing. And so, we both work in healthcare. That's the scary part. We work in healthcare. <laughs> so I think there's lots about healthcare that can be better, but I have a particular penchant for how it's paid for. I'm a believer that ultimately, if you want to make healthcare work the way it should, you got to follow the dollar. I think we've seen a lot of work in health plan design reform, and our particular mission at First Dollar is focusing on how it's paid for from a consumer standpoint. So we have built a company at the nexus of how consumers buy healthcare, and we're specifically focused on healthcare benefits, making those benefits, things like HSAs, FSAs, rewards programs, et cetera, super easy to use, almost invisible, so that when it comes to using those benefits to pay for healthcare, it shouldn't feel like magic. 
from the consumer's standpoint. Now, I don't know that we'll directly tackle healthcare affordability, but I think making it easier to pay for is the very first step along that path. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's where a lot of the problem lies in and of itself. And to your point, Jason, we have got to make it a consumer-focused endeavor for people that are involved with healthcare, right? I mean, look at how easy it is now to book an entire vacation around the world on your own, right? And know how to pay for it, know where to go, et cetera. Those things are absolutely where we are at in healthcare and where we need to be going. And so, Jason, I appreciate the tip. So you went through that journey, you had some exits. How did First Dollar even come in the focus in the first place? Where did you see that aha moment? Where did you think, hey, I need these team, you know, there's also team is incredibly important, right? Let's talk about, hey, what was the founding team like? How did you bring those folks together? Let's start thinking about how did you bring this story together to launch uh, First Dollar? Yeah, so Rewind kind of three and a half, four years ago. So Colin, my co-founder and I, we have since left Athena, kind of spent three years there. We felt satisfied with our contributions and really wanted to go scratch that startup itch again. Started kind of studying all facets of healthcare payments on the idea like, hey, let's just park a company to make it easier for consumers to buy healthcare. And we picked the HSA as just the very first example of what we imagined to be a portfolio of solutions. And honestly, the HSA was picked fairly randomly. It's just something we had had a lot of experience with as users. I've been a lifelong HSA user and I'm taken aback here. So this was 2020-21 where I've, I've still yet to find one that's actually like, wow, this is as easy to use as my Amex account. It seems like it's kind of been frozen in time for 10 plus years. And so we're like, hey, might as well do that. Good as any other. So founded the business, set out to build a better HSA. We did that a little bit naively. We're technologists by nature. And so we're like, well, I think we have to build every single thing that makes an HSA an HSA. So we went out and partnered with a bank, built all the record keeping software, built all the software to do tax compliance, tax forms, customer support, the whole deal. Spent six months getting that off the ground. Launched that into a direct-to-consumer market as well as an employer market. And as we were out there selling that and iterating the product, we had a fairly major aha discovery, which is if you actually sit down and add up all of the healthcare benefits in the U.S., it's quite large. So a third of Americans today have an HSA, FSA, HRA, or any number of these acronyms. But the number of companies that provide these accounts is shockingly small. In fact, from a technology standpoint, there's only like two or three of them that provide the technology that ultimately make an HSA or an FSA or any of those accounts work the way they work. And the reason for that is because just about any brand out there that is distributing these accounts is ultimately relying on another platform vendor to provide the technology. So even some of the biggest household names in this space, it's ultimately other people's technology under the hood. And this to us was like a huge aha. I'm like, wow, I finally understand why no matter where I've ever worked as an employee, these benefits all seem to work pretty poorly and it seems like they haven't changed in a long time. It's because it's actually just two or three companies powering the whole thing. And so this aha moment was, I think, discovery number one. And then discovery number two is as we went out and started talking to the market, so not talking to consumers, not talking to employers, but rather the underlying distributors, so TPAs, payroll companies, health plans, banks, the folks that are distributing these benefits, we have yet to find super happy people with the status quo. Everyone's like, yeah, there just has not been a better way to do this. I've been picking kind of what's been available to me, but I have a wish list a mile long. I have an internal set of teams going crazy, trying to accomplish basic tasks. 
And I have a set of consumers using the end product that, you know, haven't really been, wow, this stuff hasn't changed in quite some time. And so that was the major insight for First Dollar, kind of being technologists ourselves and owing to the general complexity in the space, we said, hey, you know what? I think we can go in there and rebuild this in a way that it should be. And so our mission at First Dollar is to make healthcare benefits work amazingly well. So well, they almost become invisible. And we do that by top to bottom executing on the software in a really elegant way. So let's go back to when you were diving into the marketplace and understanding, you know, where the opportunity is. And you noticed that these, you know, the handful of players, they weren't using these types of technologies. Were you seeing a consistent message back to you why they weren't? Was it just they didn't know what they didn't know? Or, you know, when you guys at First Dollar started creating what you did, it was like, well, duh, of course we should have had that. Like, what was that temperature in the marketplace when you first went out there and explored? And yes, you as technologists saw the pain and the problem, but did those other players in the market see that same problem and recognize this needs to change or were they oblivious to it? So I would say that the buying pressure from the market is pretty strong. Folks who either have an existing solution are clamoring for a better way. And every day now there's a new health plan or a new benefit startup or a new something rather entering the market, looking for a way to include healthcare benefits as a feature inside of their product. And they're expecting modern delivery as table stakes. They want a full API. They want software that works well. They want it to be accessible in multiple languages, et cetera. So we're receiving a lot of buying pressure. I think the reason you don't see more companies doing what First Dollar does or doing what this small set of incumbents do is its complexity. It has taken us every bit of three and a half years to get to even basic parity to provide these benefits as a platform. And the reason for that is because no one buys just one benefit. No one wants just an HSA. They want a single vendor for the entire portfolio of healthcare spending benefits, whether it's HSAs, FSAs, HRAs, or even the non-tax advantage variants, rewards programs, grocery stipends, lifestyle accounts, these types of things. So it's taken us a long time to get the parity to be able to do that. And the complexity is like a mile deep. You're moving money around. You have every bit of financial regulation every bit of healthcare regulation and every bit of employer benefits regulation. And doing that vertically across these various account types is complex, make no mistake about it. I think First Dollar has spent the last several years investing specifically in that. And in this last year, it's really starting to resonate. We are now at parity. We're doing this well. We've done it for three benefit cycles now. And the customer list continues to grow where First Dollar is powering benefits, you know, three cuts above what has been done before. I love it. I absolutely love it. And so let's talk about, you know, again, and you said this at the front end, Jason, we can go and build technology. Technology is very cheap to build. Now we can go build it all day long and then hopefully maybe go find a home for it. We think it might be a cool feature or a cool piece of technology for healthcare, but that at the end of the day doesn't really matter. What matters is the end user and that feedback and the delighting the customers, I like to say, right? What has that feedback and response been from the market, from what you guys are pushing out there to your end users? Super strong. So there's three things I think I would highlight on kind of what First Dollar does differently. The first is on the kind of end user or employee perspective. We really strive to make benefits that are so easy to use, they almost become invisible. I'd like to say if we're successful in our mission in the five years to come, the HSA, FSA, HRA are acronyms, I, I hope may even go the way of the dodo. A consumer will just simply be given a benefits card, they'll swipe that to buy healthcare, and intelligent software automatically debits, from it, debits it from the most appropriate benefit without them having to think. I don't think a consumer needs to be an expert in the tax code in order to make these benefits work for them. It's kind of our standing mission on that front. I think we've been very successful there. Pleased to have an NPS north of 70. 
We see about a 36% utilization increase when you compare current state to future state on first dollar. And that's, I think, saying something. You know, it's shocking. Half of FSA funds are forfeited every single year because people either don't know how to use them, they forget about them, or they log in last second and find it too frustrating to submit the claim. And this is hard-earned money that people have committed to during enrollment gets put into these notional accounts during the year and just disappears when it's not used at the end of the year. It's really a shame. And I ultimately think a lot of that is just stuff is hard to use. And so that's sort of area number one that's different. Happy to go deeper into that if you'd like. Otherwise, I can step into area number two. Let's keep going to area two and three you're mentioning, and we'll come back on some of these topics. But I think, you know, let's, let's just put a button on that. You're 100% correct. You see so many people, they think I got to have this, but at the end of the day, they don't know how to use it, right? And so what can we be doing like yep. you guys are doing a first dollar to make it simple and how and easy to use? Let's hit point two. Yep. So area number two, that's been a big aha for us is we are a couple cuts above on an administration side of things. So, you know, as a consumer, we see HSAs and FSAs and things that are hard to use. Certainly that's an issue. But when you get under the hood, you'd be shocked at how much paper processes, emails of enrollment files, claim files, it's a mess under the hood and it's tons and tons of humans making the thing work. And still, even today, if you go into any large company inside of the HR group, you're going to find a set of payroll managers whose entire job it is to move files back and forth, often via email, typically making these benefits work. We think that's a silly uh, use of human capital. We think it's a huge source of aggravation. And what we have done with First Dollar is tried to use modern technology and complete ownership of the financial stack to give tooling that allows people to self-service wherever possible, certainly for users, but especially for administrators. And so we're finding our customers, and remember, these are TPAs, health plans, people who administer these benefits, they're typically able to wick out 30 to 40% of their staffing costs when moving from an old solution to first dollar because of the software self-servicing. Well, and we start thinking about as well, the lack of human capital that we are faced with just on the macro, right? Being able to, you know, meet the demand of the workload kind of writ large in this country, doing what you just described is actually going to be a huge benefit to a lot of organizations that just cannot find enough staff to take care of the problem at hand, right? And it's a huge problem, especially mm -hmm. in healthcare. Yeah, and it's, you know, I also think it's an aspirational design North Star, which is like, hey, if we can have our way about it, everything ought to be self-service. I don't know about you, Mike, but I can't tell you the last time I've called my bank and I prefer it that way because I can do everything inside of the four walls of that application. And that makes me happy, that makes them happy. And so we think that there can be a better way in benefits administration as well. Absolutely. All right, what's the third one? What do you got? Third one is on what I would just call platform. So remember, picture these health plans, picture these TPAs, picture these financial institutions. They're all out there providing benefits. These benefits are a part of their portfolio, but not the core offering. But yet they want to have control over that. They want to have it be a part of the overall member experience. They want to do everything from changing the branding, changing the functionality. Maybe they want to pull a novel set of reports. They want to have control. And so an issue has been, hey, I can plug benefits in from some other provider, but I do not have the control over those benefits in a way that makes it feel like my business that moves at the speed of my company. And First Dollar has really strived hard to change this. So we have a full developer API, 100% coverage of everything we do in the software you can get via API endpoints. We can layer in embeddable widgets. We can allow someone to build a bespoke business on top of First Dollar 
we'll do all the heavy lifting from a benefits compliance administration standpoint, but yet give them all the control to make it theirs. And that's been a huge win, especially if you're a modern company entering the space today where this kind of stuff is table stakes, right? You hire Stripe to power your e-commerce checkout because it does the same exact thing. All the heavy lifting is being handled, but yet I have complete control over the experience. We think something similar can exist in benefits and First Dollar has tried very hard to be that. It's an exciting reality that's happening in real time that you and the team are bringing to the marketplace. It's very exciting and something that obviously is definitely needed. So let's also talk about a little bit of the future state, Jason. Let's look two to three, three to five years. You know, where are things heading in this space? You kind of already teased it a bit, but where are things heading? Where are some things we need to be mindful of? But then, of course, also in that time horizon, Jason, where is First Dollar going to be? Where do you see on the horizon, on the roadmap for you and the company and for the industry at large? Yeah, definitely. So remember, you kind of heard me state benefits are everywhere. About a third of Americans carry around one of these cards in their wallet today. And in fact, it's not uncommon for them to have multiple pieces of plastic in their wallet. So give a typical consumer, they may have an HSA and an FSA from their employer. They may also have a set of benefits from their health plan. In fact, there's not a single MA plan in the US today that's not distributing some type of cash benefit as part of the sort of wraparound or supplementary benefits that come with that plan. So a great example here is, hey, MA member, here's $500 a year that you can use for healthy groceries, or here's a cash supplement for vision and dental needs, or hey, here's $100 simply for seeing your primary care physician once a year and completing an HRA. All that stuff is being given to them as kind of what are called supplementary benefits. Again, yet another couple pieces of plastic that don't integrate with the health plan portal and certainly don't integrate with any employer benefits that person may be carrying around. And as I look into the crystal ball, I'm seeing this behavior copied by numerous commercial plans. So nowadays, the commercial plan isn't just the commercial plan. It's also the wraparound benefits that you get, whether it's like, oh, hey, I pick this BCBS plan, it comes with one medical access, or hey, I pick this BCBS plan and it comes with $100 for OTC medication and groceries. That type of stuff is driving consumer behavior in terms of plan selection. It's ultimately driving employer behavior in terms of the carriers that are working with. And so here at First Dollar, we see the rise of benefits continuing to rise. I think you'll see more employer benefits. I think you'll see more of the stuff from health plans. You know, I think from a macro standpoint, health plan deductibles continue to rise and rise and rise. And that's kind of a systematic shift of risk to the consumer. But I also would say it's patterning of just giving the consumer more tools to make that decision. So for First Dollar's perspective, I ultimately view the future here is every consumer will carry around a single healthcare purchasing card. All the benefits that are appropriate to them will be living on that card. And it may be branded to the health plan. It may be branded to their payroll company. It may be branded to their TPA. But all the benefits live there. And when they go and buy healthcare, they just simply swipe it. The amount is debited automatically from the most intelligent benefit. All of the taxes and compliance and claim adjudication is handled on the backside. And the consumer simply has to worry about where to choose to get the best care. And so that's kind of our crystal ball vision of what the future could become. And we're working very hard the next five years to make that the case. Well, and also we think about where we have to go as an industry. We're mandated to do so when we start thinking about value-based care, right? And we start thinking about, you know, getting out of this reactionary fee-for-service model. And to your point, Jason, you know, these health plans are now offering up these, some of these benefits. We know why a lot of them are being served up is for preventative and proactive care, right? What can we be doing now for, you know, fresh food, healthy groceries, 
that then from downstream can help maybe prevent a heart attack or maybe obesity, which could lead to a total joint, right? So what can we be doing to get those benefits into the hands of our consumers and you know, our fellow community members across this nation for this new arena that we have to go into called value-based care, but making it easy. I know, Jason, I'm sure you have something to touch upon there. Exactly. I think that gets at the exact trend. So, you know, when you come to prevention of larger issues in the future, much of that prevention occurs out there in the real world. And it's often something that's actually in the health plans or the employer's best interest to subsidize. But the business problem is how do I efficiently get cash to the consumer to make those purchases? And how do I prove or substantiate that those purchases were valid uses of that cash? That is the core business problem that First Dollar solves, whether that's delivered as an HSA, an FSA, OTC benefit, or any other acronym. The core of the problem is that. As I look at my crystal ball of where healthcare plan design is going, I ultimately think we're going to see much, much more of that. And that's ultimately why First Dollar exists. Let's build embeddable infrastructure for this business problem that can be stuck anywhere it needs to be. And if we're successful, I hope that Maybe we can power half of the benefits in this country, but no one will ever know we're there because we've done really neat things like maybe embedding an HSA inside of my Chase card. You know, I just simply swipe my Chase credit card. If there's an HSA eligible purchase there, it automatically debits through. I get a tax form at the end of the year and I get the savings. I don't even have to think about it. I think stuff like that is possible with the current state of technology. We just need folks like First Dollar and interested partners to push the curve. Oh, yeah. My mind is running wild, Jason, from some of the ideas that you shared. I mean, what about my YMCA card? You know, is able to tie in the benefits that maybe YMCA could offer that I never even knew about, swimming lessons, yoga, whatever it might be. You start thinking about that kind of embeddable, you know, environment and anywhere it's pervasive within our lives, it could be incredibly powerful and talk about, you know, really making a dent on population health, value-based care and moving towards where we need to be these are the ways we're going to get there. So we'll put the crystal ball aside for now, Jason, and come back to current state. Love the community rallied around this podcast. They love helping out leaders just like you. What's one problem, need, or question that you have that our community can be helping you with? You know, I think that the broad ask of the community, I would say, is this. Take a look at your company. Most people on this podcast, I assume, are going to take some role of benefit provider. Maybe you're a health plan and you're packaging benefits like what we've been discussing with the plan. Maybe you're a large employer, and this is a, a huge part of what your team thinks about. Maybe you're a TPA or a bank, and this is just part of your core business. Inspect the benefits that you offer and ask yourself, hey, is this working for me? Are these easy to sell? Am I growing revenue on this benefits business or is it underperforming? Hey, if I talk to the team who administers these benefits, are they net promoters or are they pulling their hair out? And if I actually look at the product that I'm giving my people, is, is that easy to use? Is it driving the strategic goals that I have for my brand or is it a net detractor? Just take a look at that stuff and I suspect the answers aren't super favorable. And if that is the case and it aligns with strategic goals, consider giving First Dollar a shot. As we've been discussing on this podcast, there really are not that many choices for doing this type of work. And I think First Dollar is demonstrating that a better path can be done. And that certainly has been the case for our current set of customers. And I'm very excited for the next set of folks to come on in the years to come because there is a better way. I do believe we will actually fundamentally change how benefits are bought and sold in the market. I hope we really get away from, hey, I need an HSA and FSA at the cheapest possible price. And hey, I actually need a healthcare benefits solution. I'm looking for a health wallet. I just want to make the purchasing of healthcare essentially go away. And that's the kind of work that we would love to help people with. 
I love it. Well, to have that conversation, Jason, with you and the team, how can the community get a hold of you? Social media handles, websites, or otherwise, how do they track you down? Yep. So check us out at www.firstdollar.com. We're also super active on social LinkedIn and Instagram are kind of our primary spots. Also going by First Dollar. We're putting out tons and tons of content demonstrating how benefits can be done at a higher level of specificity and would very much love the interest. For our listening community, just head on down to the episode notes of your favorite podcast player to find those contact points for Jason and the team. Or you can head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. There will be a post for this episode with all those contact points, as well as an area to leave any comments, feedback, suggestions, or otherwise, again, over at passionatepioneers.com. Jason, this is a blast. The topics covered today, I feel, could be two or three more podcast episodes in and of themselves. What a wonderful conversation. But as we wind down, we got one more piece for you. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? I'm a passionate pioneer because healthcare should be easier to pay for. I love it. Way to bring it all back together at the end there, Jason. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. I feel we're going to have to do a check-in with you here in the next 18 or 24 months. We'll bring you back on. Where are they now? This is an exciting conversation and one that's going to continue to unfold in real time for all of us that impacts all of us. So a very, very important topic to cover here on the podcast. But for now, Jason, thank you so much for being with us today. For sure. Thank you, Mike. Wonderful speaking with you. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.